Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Uh, we're back and we're with uh, Boxer Saint today. How's it going? Hello, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so we've gotten our first looks at the new expansion in Age of Empires 2. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I will say it's it's the first campaign that uh, I've really kind of played all the way through and I wanted to keep playing, which is a really, really good sign. I think they do a lot of really, really great things. Um, before we get into it, Boxer, have you really had a chance to look at the campaigns at all or not really? I played uh, the first two... Uh, Lithuania ones, I guess. Call or? them games, or do you call them sessions? Uh, I don't missions, know. I guess. I don't Mission. know. I played the first two Lithuanian missions, and mm-hmm. then uh, the first two of the... What do we call this? Jud- Judwiga? Yadviga, but yes. Yadviga. So the first two uh, Yadviga, or maybe maybe even three Yadviga uh, missions. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. awesome. Awesome. So you actually got a chance to play. Yeah, I I think my appreciation for this is maybe, you know, for my heritage has made it a lot easier for me to play through all of them. But I think on top of that, there's a lot of stuff I really love in the Yadviga campaign. So for days specifically, we're going to look at the Yadviga campaign. I'll probably play... Um, between now and the next you know the next two weeks i'll probably play one of the other campaigns and we'll focus on that one then um so first thing that i really liked is you know i i guess more than anything one of the major major factors in this Vega campaign which you know is probably if 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 i'm going to give some historical background is probably the time like the events that occur in this campaign is what makes poland lithuania become the kind of polish lithuanian commonwealth which um or i guess republic i mean it's kind of hard because of translation but point is um the greatest territorial expansion ever for these two countries in eastern europe happens because of the events that happen here essentially um so it kind of leads to another 200 300 years of poland becoming this dominant eastern european power um, and a history that's probably not talked about as much as like england and france i feel i feel like england and france definitely get the uh in the uh the spotlight <laughs> that's that's uh, fair i've never i'd never even heard of yadviga um yeah i know i mean campaign. i mean listen, of course i i know only because of you know uh the fact that that uh i am polish but um i think beyond it there's a lot of stuff that even like new stuff that i learned from it because i i knew of the name but i didn't really know the history that that well i knew i, I actually knew of the last battle uh uh how it played out and the last battle was really cool for me because I literally have been to that castle before. Um, so so in the last uh, mission of the campaign, I, I'm, I'm skipping ahead here, but we're just going to talk about the campaign in general. I'm not going to go step by step because I, I don't think that's conducive necessarily to interesting talk. But uh, you can play the campaigns if you want the step by step. But in the last mission, uh, essentially, there's a big battle that takes uh, place outside of Mayenborg or in Poland, you call it Malbork Castle. Um, and that battle is probably one of the most famous Polish battles because they win. Um, but I, I was really cool because I'm like, I've literally been in that castle and I visited that castle before. So um, it was a historical event to a place I've actually been. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, OK, let, let's get into some of the things that I really did like about these campaign missions. And I want to start with hero units having the ability to um level up okay i really like this it made you pay special attention um if you lost the units it kind of felt bad like it felt really bad because they were kind of this nice like side mission part of it um but i actually really liked it because then they became like especially especially with the who was a healer and if you had 
her and, and Yagel, you, you had like the two. You could have like one really strong person attacking, one really strong person healing. Um, they, they're not going to destroy huge armies, but um, they were very helpful um, to make your overall army slightly better. But more than anything, I liked it because I actually tried to keep them alive and I focused them on a little bit. On a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, it's not for everyone, but it it did make it kind of stand out as they they kind of they didn't have like supernatural abilities, but they were definitely better than the average unit, especially if you could keep them all around long enough because uh, they would get more health and they'd be, get more ability. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of that aspect of, of the heroes? Yeah, it's definitely a little Dota esque, uh, which is <laughs> which is fine. Um, I didn't play into them too much. I did send the two of them off on their own to kind of guard some of my villagers as I put some outposts, um, trying to grab some gold and some stone. Uh, so that was nice. I didn't realize uh, Yadviga was a healer until <laughs> like 45 minutes into my game. And <laughs> I started noticing I had archers and things that I'd never created. And I was, I was like, where did this come from? And then I hear healing. And I was like, oh, because oh. you, you've been converting them by accident. <laughs> yeah, like all of my knights. She's grouped with my knights and with uh, Jugaya. And, uh, and so yeah. I just like, hey, go kill this archer. And then it becomes my person. And I didn't, I didn't notice it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought that, uh, that was great. Um, I think I, I want to see more of it. Cause what I actually did is I went back to the previous campaign. Uh, I think I went to the, um, the previous expansion that we had. And I, I think all the heroes should be like this. I don't know. You played the Lithuanian one a little bit. Did they also have heroes that could level up? I don't remember there being a leveling up, but I uh, I don't I don't use the heroes oh. very much because oh, I'm, okay, okay. I'm always afraid I really if I lose them I lose the game <laughs> so I just like stick them in a the castle and that uh, depends on up. the mission I guess yeah. Uh, yeah but no I I really I want the hero I want the heroes to stand out and I think I I like what they've done this maybe I you know don't don't quote me on this but i this is the first that i've seen in age of empires campaigns where they have this kind of level up feature and they become stronger i do like that um maybe maybe perhaps i think it'd be nice to have especially for the missions where you're not keeping the hero alive um to have them you know respond on a timer like if, if they end up you know die you know, well usually what happens if if they if they kind of die they're like oh i've been i've been shot by an arrow off my horse or something right i'm gonna retreat right like that's kind of the idea um, but I think it'd be may, maybe the the one thing I said, and this would kind of help a lot of people use them more willingly is just, you know, put a one or two minute timer on the heroes. Cause they're not like, you know, they're not going to make or break every single fight, but they're, they're nice to have with your big fights. Um, so I think having some kind of timer where they just respond in your main town center, um, you know, two minutes after they die, it might be, it might be a nice little touch, but I, I like Dota esque things. I think there needs to be, I mean, this is the one thing that I really like with this campaign. There's a lot of stuff that makes it not just the normal game. And that's something that I've kind of harped on before. And I've really enjoyed this specific campaign because they did a lot of that. They did a lot of, it's not just, you know, normal campaign stuff, right? Yeah. I appreciate um, the attention they're, they're paying to it as well. Trying to innovate. That shows that they're not just trying to sell cheap content. They're actually putting thought and design into the, into the missions. So that's nice. I appreciate it. Well, it also kind of feel well, I don't want to I don't want to, you know, to my own horn, but I think there's there has to be one developer listening to us. Like, I feel it. I feel maybe one, you know, um, but uh, what I really did 
Uh, one of my, I guess, okay, to, to, to of all the missions, one of them that was by far the most interesting, I don't know if you got a chance to play, this might have been the fourth mission. Um, I'm not, not quite sure, but it's the one where you kind of show up and you, you have to choose which of the like villages or sorry, like encampments are still loyal to you. Did you play this mission? I don't think so. I'm, okay so is this, this you put was castles down or is this a different one i know it's not the one you put castles down that was one of the earlier ones so this one instead of putting castles down they have castles all over the map and this to me like this this was the point when i was playing this campaign where i went this is the most innovative i've seen age of empires be okay because because it was it, it felt like a lot of fun it was pretty difficult on moderate i'm gonna be honest i think difficulty level is actually pretty difficult but i really enjoyed it i played it a couple times in a row I, so much fun trying to figure this out you essentially you have you can look around at the bases and um each of these little so so on the map like i think there's eight or nine different little encampments that have like a castle and then they have like one or two buildings okay and these buildings like produce units um and you have like some kind of a little bit of auto generated stuff and and you have your own kind of little encampments like way way away from the battlefield so you're kind of getting resources naturally as you're as you're doing this um but each of these little encampments have castles and at the beginning of the thing you choose which encampments are loyal to you so you choose two or three and then the opponent chooses two or three and the goal essentially and the idea is every time you destroy a castle that little encampment becomes yours, okay? So you have you have no ability to produce production buildings. Instead, you're kind of fighting over these castles. You have to destroy this castle. If you destroy the castle, that all of a sudden your own castle pops up in its place, and now you can build units from that. Like it's another production. You, you can use the production facilities in that area, and you can use that castle in that area. Area, um, and it is it is wild. There is so much going on, but I loved it. I thought it was such a great kind of taking the Age of Empires like gameplay, but making it feel very unique. So there'd be times where you're like, you know, you're you're losing like a castle or two, but you're like, okay, well, I can't really fight that. But if I can just get enough trebs and destroy one castle, I can maybe get this other castle. Because the only way you'll lose is if you lose all your castles, right? So it's this this constant battle and you're waging it from different sides. I thought it was amazing. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, but uh, I that was the point where I thought, oh, my goodness, I love this campaign. Um, what do you think of this idea? <laughs> that sounds interesting. It sounds a little bit like what was the old mode they got rid of? Deathmatch. Did you play that deathmatch? That's the one where you get like all these resources right away, right? You get all the resources, but also deathmatch is more like. There's there's no eco, I don't think. You just kinda you kinda build buildings and you spit out military. And yeah, yeah. So it, like- it definitely has that feeling of build lots and lots of military. I say the the most unique part of it was the kind of castle war. It's like you if you could just get the castle down, you could like kind of turn around to fight because all of a sudden the castle's yours and you can start producing from that place. Yeah. So it, it was yeah. Sounds a lot like Dawn of War. I don't know if we if you played that. Um, Dawn of War has instead of an economy and villagers, you have strategic points on the map, and as you take those points, those points on the map generate resources for you, and that's how you build Mm. new units. Uh, So it's more about 
uh, map control. Although regular death, regular one on one or, or team games are about map control in Age of Empires, but this is the map control gives you resources. So that kind of sounds yeah, like what you're explaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because here it wasn't even resources. It was like it was almost. It was production buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the main focus of it. I don't think you actually got anything from taking castle, except for the castle and the production buildings underneath it. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great, a great kind of. I, I want more stuff like this in the campaigns. I thought this was very creative. Um, I know I, I, I did definitely feel like you could sense some like other type of game mode, uh, you know, borrowed into this type of thing, but I. I want stuff like this. I don't, you know, this is definitely the stuff that I strive for when I play. I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to feel like I can go in a ranked game instead. And I think this mission especially did really well with that. Um, I was about to say that as a, a competitive player, I think I'm competitive. As a person who orients around competitive play, these campaigns are way different and they do not necessarily reward competitive strategies. So if you're well, you say that, but my problem with the first campaigns is that they aren't different. Like the earlier the campaign was, the more it's like if you're just a general skirmish person, if you're if you're someone who knows standard strategies, like you can just ma- you just macro up and win the game. Like that's kind of what a lot of these boil down to. So Maybe. it's interesting how you have a different, you know, like you don't like that, right? I'm guessing uh, it's so different. I think that is, I think it is different. It rewards a different kind of play style, and you, and you may be right. I haven't played a lot of the earlier ones in a long time, but I have played some of the newer ones. Uh, like I said, I played Lithuanians. I played this, uh, uh, the Poles, and then I played one other one that's kind of newer. I don't remember who they were, but uh, but yeah, as a as a competitive player, because they tweak so many things, they tweak your uh, your max populations quite a bit. Mm, mm-hmm. They tweak what um, uh, what age you can be in. And even if you're in that age, they might take away some certain technologies. Uh, like maybe you can get to Imperial age, but they're not going to give you trebs for one reason or another. So that really messes with you. Um, you can't just spam out 125 villagers and then outproduce the other, the opponent and resources are a lot different. There's not as much gold available. Um, the, the maps are just very strange. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think this is where that kind of like break is going to be um, for a lot of people. But at least for me personally. All right. And I guess I guess there could be disagreement on this. But for me personally, the more crazier, the more out of the box, the more different it is from just standard rank because I enjoy standard rank play. Right. Um, but for me, I really do want them to be different because the fact is like. I don't want to ever feel like, oh, I'm just playing against an AI when I could be playing against a player online multiplayer, you know? Yeah, I don't uh, think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. and even I cannot play these on hard. I have to play them on moderate. <laughs> that I've tried hard because I got I can do this. And it's uh, it's insane. I don't <laughs> I think the Udviga campaign, especially I was on moderate and I'm like this. This is harder than a lot of the other campaigns I've played. I, I think some of them. Um the one last one that I really liked, uh, um, just to go, I mean, I, I mentioned at the beginning, the last mission from the Advika campaign is kind of nice too, because you have essentially like a timer before the big battle in the field happens. Um, and you, you just, 
it's kind of like you have to rush and you have to decide on okay what do i want to do do i want do i want to get to ten thousand gold and buy some mercenaries for that big fight um do i want to get to um i it was crazy because i played it twice and the second time there was like a quick time event almost no maybe not a quick time there was like an event that happened that i didn't get to the first time um which actually helped me but essentially your your job is to gather allies so then when you have the big battle which is literally just a battle like you guys just you just fight it's just like giant armies clashing into each other um uh and yeah the first time that i played it i didn't have enough essentially army to win the big battle so the second time i did it i was able to you have to like destroy a certain amount of town centers and you have to there was like a secret thing that if you got far enough up on the map, there was someone that all you had to do was get one unit into the corner. And then if you get that unit, those guys would turn around and they wouldn't fight for the enemy. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, and so after those 20 minutes, it's like, OK, however many allies you got now, they're going to fight against the other army. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a wild battle. Um, yeah, I uh, the. The one thing that was also kind of cool is there's this guy called Vi- Vitudas throughout the campaign. Uh, um, and he there's like an earlier mission where he gets put like his army gets pulled in to uh, to like the enemy. Like you, there's like these enemies retreating and you like go chase after him and you're told to go chase after them. And then you get there and there's just like 200 pop of knights. <laughs> <laughs> that surround you and you have to run away from them like that's how the mission ends um and, and like they actually include this in the next mission in this big battle because he's like i'm gonna use this strategy it's kind of funny how he's like talking about it anyway mm-hmm. i i absolutely love this whole campaign um i think i'm i'm don't like and so much so that i i want to actually start start trying the lithuanian and the and the bohemian campaign right away because i'm curious uh if they had some of these creative ideas in this one but because I didn't want to get into those too much this week, right? I kind of kind of held off, and I and I tried to do an earlier campaign, um, and I wasn't as invested. So I tried to go back to Don Dukes. I wasn't as invested. So I'm hoping that when I kind of go back to it, I re, or re revisit it. Anyway, point being, I'm I had a great time with these six missions. Uh, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Good. I think I'm on mission. I think I finished mission two last night. Looking at the list here, so I've still got four more to go. For the I, you, like, you don't have to be all of them. I think if you can get to the castle one, though, uh, I think it's a fun one. I think if you can get the castle one, that sounds anyway, like I number was, three. We're just kind of reading through them. I think mission number three yeah, is the castle one. Mission number three, deal with the dukes. Uh, it's a highly chaotic one. Well, that sounds about right. Uh, yes, the flare command. Use the flare. Yes, it is mission three. So I definitely would recommend trying that. Although this this is where as well, I kind of um, came to the realization that I can't ever stream these. Uh, I think my one thing is that I've tried to, I tried to like stream some of the other ones. I think that doesn't help. I think I have a lot more time like just absorbing the content and enjoying it. But um, especially when I'm redoing these missions, I'm just like full concentrating like because it's, it's not like in some ways it's easier to talk when you're playing ranked. Cause you're, you're playing like usually the same sieve over and over again. Right. So you, you pretty much know, much know what you're going to do and you're just going to talk about what you're going to do. But in a lot of these campaign missions, you're absorbing it for the first time. So you're kind of quiet and they're not, you know, <laughs> I feel, uh, they, I feel yeah. the opposite. I feel oh, more invested in ranked Cause I'm like, 
I want to destroy this guy. I want to bring all my mental capacity <laughs> and end him. And then for the campaigns, I'm more like, yeah, yeah, you're talking. I get it. Oh, like on the Lith- Lithuanian campaign, uh, you've got to protect your ally. And anytime he gets attacked, he's like, they're running rampant through my ranks. Please come help me. And I'm, I'm like, bro, I put walls up. They're not running through your ranks. Please quit talking to me. I, I guess you're right that it's not. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe because for me, it's more when I don't even think it's necessarily like um, investment as in like how how because I'm pretty laid back playing the campaigns, but I'm, I think I just enjoy being laid back when I play the campaigns. Yeah. And taking it in instead of like trying to you know talk and be entertaining and stuff when when I stream and stuff. Speaking of which, I should probably say uh, <laughs> we are planning to do um, a stream on the twenty eighth, so probably a week from when this drops uh, at one p.m. Um, we're 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 gonna do um, our Dark Lord and our Feudal Lord titles are gonna be defended. So um, yeah, yeah, you tune in then. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll have both. Hopefully, at least we'll have one. But the way we're kind of doing it now is pe- the the players are going to play their own games. And then uh, I'm just going to, you know, cast the replays because uh, it's a lot simpler. And I can set it up nicely. And it can be nicely timed at one o'clock. Not not the Saturday that this drops, but the Saturday after. <laughs> I, don't know, I just threw it in here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. OK, I think now maybe we can go into a little bit of ranked play. So have you been playing ranked in the last maybe two, three weeks? Uh, I was noticing that uh, Edwiga, Edwiga, yeah, uh, she was canonized by the Catholic Church. So I was going to come in here and tell you that I need to do a confession, um, or I say like it's been eleven days since my last ranked game. It has been eleven days. Yeah. So wait, does that mean you haven't tried the new sieves out yet? I have not tried them in ranked. I've tried them Ooh. in a few. Uh, AI missions just to just to play with trees. Okay, let's let's start with that. What what were your kind of first take, and especially the Bohemians, because I want to talk about the Bohemians today. So, I I guess I look at is this an archer sieve, an infantry sieve, or a cav sieve? And looking at the Bohemians, I you're safe to go archers, right? So I would probably play them as an archer sieve. Anybody can do knights uh, in in the castle age, basically. Uh, they don't have bloodlines, which hurts. So I probably it wouldn't. feels it feels like an archer sieve to me. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't but. do a ton of knights. So if I'm doing bohemians, I'm probably going to go archers in a, in a ranked match. But their infantry look good, and uh, siege is all right. I'm I'm not super impressed with the new cannon upgrade. How, how do you say that? How what's the uh, pronunciation you're going with? Um, these are. Uh, hold on. Uh, give me two seconds here. Is this for the um, the bomber cannon? Yeah. Um, so the thing is, with Bohemians is, is this is more of a, a German uh, one. Uh, yeah. But I would go with my guess. Sorry, I'm trying to find the a Hussite wagon. Oh no no. <sighs> I want to say Hoofnitz, but Hoofnitz, I don't know. Hoofnitz. Hoof, <laughs> I'm going with Hoffness. Ho- Hoff- oh, no, no, that's definitely it. That's way closer, I feel. Is it? Hoffness. I, it, it, it's, yeah, it has to be more German. Yeah, yeah. 
Hoffness sounds sounds more German. So so Hoffness, the, the Hoffness, there may be something there that I'm missing. Uh, I just feel like if you're pulling bombard cannons out in ranked, you're going to have three or four, and at that number, I, I'm not seeing a huge difference in how quickly we take down buildings or anything. But uh, okay, so the one thing is it survives a little bit longer. It has a larger blast radius, so that's maybe one thing. Is that if there's stuff close to a castle that you're shooting, um, it it might do some kind of area of effect damage, um, and it has it's a little more effective against mass infantry. So apparently, like if you just shot this into the middle, right? If you manually shot into the middle of like a large group, you could do some pretty good damage. I guess that's maybe, what. It, maybe that's what I'm yeah. missing is anti personnel instead of anti building. Well, it is anti-building. I think it just has that additional advantage against um, against infantry because of the 70 percent is quite a large upgrade of blast radius, right? Like yeah. that's a pretty big uh, oomph, shall we say? And, and like you know, if you combine it with Wagenberg tactics, right, fifteen percent movement speed, it it's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think that that would apply to them. I was thinking no. uh, when I see gunpowder units, I just think can cannoneers. But that would apply to yeah. them, wouldn't it? Anything I think I think anything that has a gun. So that include so I mean that let's let's talk about this. So my essential thing, my goal, and I've been losing a lot of games because I'm trying to make this work, but it's so much fun. Um is Castle Age, you know, hand cannons. <laughs> uh pretty much I quit castle and uh maybe I'll do a couple skirmishers if I need to like defend myself. Um, and then I research chem. Then I build a university in Castle Age, research chemistry. And then I start getting these out. And if if you can get it, uh, get Wagenberg Tactics, which are gunpowder units move fifty percent faster. Um, it can really start doing a lot. Um, I think additionally, the fact that uh, one thing that in th- with this sieve is like fervor and sanctity from. Uh, your your I was gonna say like church <laughs> monastery 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 whatever whatever the religious um building of your of, of the current uh it affects villagers which I think is a really cool little thing so I should talk about that after let me let me stay focused here okay Wagenberg tactics I'm having so much fun with this um essentially what you do Hussite wagons that you get from the castle are literally walls for you they are they are the defending you make little walls around your uh (laughs) your hand cannons and you win every fight and especially against archers so hussite wagons absorb archer fire right yep um so it's just a lot of uh (laughs) i don't know like there's a couple examples where i'm just like i'm never losing a ground battle again you know because you many, put those high sight wagons in front and you just put a whole bunch of hand cannoneers behind and you're just racking people. How many high sight wagons are you are you running? Are you doing like five? Or do I you think have- three. I think three does very well. I mean, I'll get more like naturally, but like um you I think if you can have three. You've got three for a little bit of a wall and you just push. Yeah, yeah. Three makes a really nice wall that like you know if especially I here's the thing that I've kind of been noticing, right? You have to push your advantage very quickly. That's one thing that I don't think I've been doing well enough. Um, is that, you know, you get 20 hand cannoneers and three Hussite wagons at castle. That's going to wreck a lot of armies, right? 
but you essentially have to go around <laughs> if they have castles up you have to go around those castles because you, you can't wait essentially to the point where you can start destroying castles you kind of have to like already start pushing in you know go to those town centers um however if you do have the hussite wagon right in theory it should be blocking castle fire so you could you could in theory step up onto a castle destroy everything around the castle and then run away you know <laughs> um so yeah i think hussite wagons and 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 those things uh and the hand cannoners are so much fun it's such a like unique comp that wrecks everything the only problem is that it is it is very gold intensive yeah so um you know for instance one one of my games today i i had i essentially had this pressure i was pushing in um but i didn't do a good enough job defending myself back home and i just got overrun and so eventually um like and i was also in arabia and like the gold just ran out right like yeah i i it's it's one of those sieves that i think it's very strong castle right like you can i think there's a build here and obviously I'm not like a you know a pro, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna necessarily make the most efficient build. But I think there's a point where you hit castle really, really hard and you can get a lot of villagers and you can probably take over the game. Um but the longer the game goes after that, this kind of I feel like like a super late game, this this comp, which I kind of feel is is a very strong comp, in my opinion. Like I think it's a very good against a lot of things. Um, you just can't keep replenishing it, and that's kind of where where if you don't win in that you know 20 or 30 minute mark then like in the 40 and 50 you're gonna have a hard time kind of closing it out yeah you've got your hand cannon your, your cost is about two-thirds that of a night but you have anywhere from 60 percent or or less hp when compared mm-hmm. to a knight so knights are gonna and obviously armor knights are gonna be more heavily armored than you are so that's probably what makes it feel, because really you're spending about as much as you would spend with a night rush, um, but you're not. Okay, as... c- sorry. Can I just? I want to make a quick correction. Yep. Apparently, um, Bohemian units speak modern Czech, um, which is wild to me because the way some of these things are written, they're written in kind of more German type things, um, but. You know, but Czech would sound more like Eastern European, like you know, Polish, Russian, all that. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know the pronunciations of this one. That's all I want to say. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, we could keep with German because even the what's the uh, the Wagenberg tactics? Well, that, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, like that's Austria, German, Germany. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's that's Wagen. I would say Wagen, yeah, yeah. Wagenberg. Um, anyway, well. I don't know. Back to gunpowder units. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> knights, are, knights are going to be more cost effective if you're if you're spending gold, um, just because they're going to survive longer. So, I, th- I think it's neat to bring those hand cannoneers into Castle Age. I've always felt like Imperial Age is a little late for them. Um, at that point, I've already gone down probably the archer line. I was going to keep making arbalest. Yeah, that's the point. It's like. <sighs> That's that's why I'm having a tough time with it because Hankiners wreck arm like I kind of wreck every army I fight, um, but Arbalest just feels so much better against buildings. You know what I mean? Like once you hit and you can just make so much more Arbalest. I feel right. I don't yeah. know. If, and the range, I think the range is usually better. I'm trying to look at their range real quick. I don't know about the range, but regardless, like it it just feels like the longer the game goes on, like you can't. I agree that like 
in general, hand cannoneers were way too late in most games, right? Like, they're just like this cool, unique unit. And I think Bohemians, if you are ever going to go hand cannoneers, this sieve was literally designed for it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I think I think this sieve is designed to have fun with hand cannoneers um, more than any other sieve. Um, maybe, maybe if there's some more, like, for instance, those maps where you have, like, all the gold and silver in the middle of the map. Um like that this might be you know this might be one of those sieves that you if the map is very heavy in gold uh you can you can probably exploit that um but yeah i i like the movement speed i mean that i think that's great uh mining camp technologies are free is a nice bonus to that right um and even chemistry like the fact that you have chemistry even when you're building like spearmen sometimes to supplement your hand cannoneers that can be pretty nice, you know, to already have chemistry that early. Um, you know, fire, fire, spears. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, there's a lot of things that I promise. I'm not the guy who's going to, you know, reinvent the wheel. However, I'm having so much fun trying to make it work. Um, I think especially at my rank, it's like if I focus enough, I think I can win games. I don't know if this is any, optimal in any way, but it is a lot of fun trying it out. And also... Because I think there's a lot of people who just don't know what to do with Hussite wagons. They don't understand how they work yet. Um, so I, I go into some fights and they just like, you know, attack move, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just shooting arrows into my, you know, Hussite wagon. And I'm just absolutely destroying their whole army. Yeah. Um, an example, I was playing some 2v2 with my friend. And there was an army of plume archers. Arbal- oh, I don't know if it was Arbalesius, but definitely a crossbowman, right? Uh, I think like at least a hundred pop and I had, I kid you not, I think 30 hand cannoneers and two Hussite wagons and I have destroyed that army because all the arrows hit into my Hussite wagons. And so I just absolutely obliterated their army. Um, so it's a lot of fun is what, is what I'm saying there. Yeah. Uh, Forever and Sanctity, you jumped into that for a minute. Yeah, let's get into that. I this is so cool because I think sometimes it's like if you're not going to build monks, um, you don't really use a lot of like, I don't think you use a lot of those anyway. That's kind of I think I think I it's kind of like a bonus help to your villagers, right? Like you just make all your villagers better, especially I would say uh, fervor, which increases by 15 percent speed, like an extra 50 percent speed to your villagers. It's it's big it's big so yeah. that's more than i guess for comparison wheelbarrow and handcart are 10 percent movement speed yeah so you, you essentially and this is you can get this in castle in castle age you can get a plus 15 percent right like that that is pretty wild for pretty um, cheap 140 gold yeah and i mean you can even go further and you can make it into food but i i don't think i don't think the hussite reforms is I haven't been really able to play with it. Um cuz cuz really what is it? It's it's essentially if you want to go monks and not, you know, go into your gold costs, right? You're going to get Hussite reforms. Um the only problem is Hussite reforms themselves cost 450 gold. Yep. And most of the time you're just getting fervor and sanctity, right? Yeah, like, I wish they were flipped. I wish Hussite Reforms was the Castle Age tech and Roggenberg Tactics were the Imperial Age. And the I disagree because Weber Tactics with my specific strategy that I'm doing is definitely very helpful. 
um but I, I get what you mean it's like it's like why am i yeah why am i getting these hussite reforms that late in right yeah. i mean i guess okay so so complete side tangent i guess if this is like this is a save that it's like i think there might be some viable strategies but if you just want to go crazy right i can see a world you just make like a million monks like like <laughs> Uh, cause if you change them into food, right, that's probably one of the resources you're going to have a lot more of than gold. Uh, and then you just, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, right? Ooh, like imagine and monastery upgrade. I was just thinking yeah. the monastery upgrades are con- turned into food, but your monks now cost 50 or a hundred food, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, so imagine all those monks behind your hand cannoners and your hustle wagons <laughs> where they're that's healing up. That's a different ball game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I maintain that that comp is probably one of the strongest in the game. It's just you can't replenish it, right? I'm, t- I'm trying to process that as like a, <laughs> what, what do they call it at the uh, trash wars? Like what if one <laughs> yeah. of your trash war units is a monk and you're just converting all the other guys trash? I don't know. That's interesting. And they've got <laughs> redemption. So they can convert your buildings. So if your trash war... Is I'm just spamming monks into your wait, base, taking all your wait, stuff. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do they have conversion of buildings? They got the whole tech. They got the whole tech tree for monks. That's the late game then. <laughs> yeah, that's your late game. Is I'm just gonna. That's go your convert. late game. It's once once Wagner tactics fizzle out, you just go full monks. Yeah, instead of light cav, you just go monks. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. This is okay. So, what I really love about this civ, it's so different. Like it feels like a completely different sieve from all the other sieves that they usually play, um, and I really like that. I think there's a lot of fun elements to this. I mean, I'm just having fun trying stuff out, and I think I'm not even like, like just from our conversation, I'm not even really like scratching the surface of the craziness that this sieve can be. Um, although people might have to dedicate a stupid amount of time to make it work, so that <laughs> I don't know how many pros might do that. But I, if if I see this in, um, what's it called? If I see this in uh, in our next tournaments coming up, if I see a bunch of uh, Bohemian players, I'll be happy. Yeah, we haven't touched the Spearman line. So the Spearman line deals 25% more bonus damage. So it's not 25% more damage, but just more bonus damage, which generally that's where all their damage is coming from anyway. Uh, it's... It- I like this because you can you can have essentially like some spearmen at the front, especially when you, you know. I think I think like you know spearmen, uh, hand cannons, right? That could be really nice because um, hand cannoners d- do die quite quickly. Like if if you get your knights to surround them, right? Um, it's yeah, hand cannoners is that's is is definitely the. Do I have like sufficient mass? You know. Yeah. Like at a certain point, it just becomes like one shot, one shot, one shot. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, a spearman line might be nice. Maybe that's something I should experiment with. But I, I love how int- like the spearman line works with the other parts of the sieve, like you know, with with the hand cannoners. Like I, I love how they kind of very much set you up for success. And uh, like it's, it's not that they're they're kind of pushing you to do one thing but they are definitely allowing you to do things that you don't usually do in, in the game. Like they're pushing you to do stuff that you don't usually do in the game, which I really like about this. Yep. Yeah. The team bonus seems weird to me. Markets work 80% faster. I don't know if that's some historical 
significant thing. Um, it just seems like an awkward thing. <laughs> like I don't but care. What, what exactly does it does it mean? The carts? I, t- I think it just means the market itself. So researching the the three or four technologies that it has, and then creating oh. the, creating the trade carts. So making trade carts faster is nice because I do notice they take quite a bit of time to make. Um, yeah, I think in team games it, it does mean that essentially, like as soon as you hit, you know, imperial, which is kind of when you just spam them out, right? Yeah, you can you can, you can you get can, your trade going way faster. Yeah, yeah. But so, other than that, it just seems weird. I mean, trade cards win team games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, trade cards are the solution to not having a. What's it called? Not having gold in the late game. But no, I, it is it is kind of weird. But I mean, team bonuses are that they're supposed to kind of look like. I think. I think it's 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 kind of like singular, right? It only affects one specific part of the game, but in team games where markets are so important, it it can be a nice little boost. Yeah. I don't know if it's the most optimal, the best, but I think you have a point there that it's it's kind of very specific to that. Yeah. Like when you have a bonus that's like. You know, all cab move 20% faster. Like that's something you're using throughout the whole course of the game. Um, while market upgrades are a part of the game, but you know, it's is me niche. waiting a minute niche. instead of 20 seconds, you know, it's very niche. Team uh, bonus. Oh, sorry. I guess instead of, you know, what's the math like set seven seconds. I, I, if, if there's anyway, I'm not going to math conversions right now. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think, I think it's exciting. Civ. I think there's a lot to, you can do with it. Um, do you think there's a possibility for this to be a top tier sieve, or is this just like fun, fun, more fun than anything else? As I struggle rating sieves as top tier or, or bottom tier because you've got the uh, the hairs and the top 100 players where sieve sieve choice matters, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it really doesn't. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, if you're if you're most players in this game, just choose whatever civ you like playing, and you're probably good. You know? Yeah, for most players, you need to care about can you get a fully upgraded archer, or can you get a fully upgraded knight? And after that, you care about do you have halberdier or not? Those are really your three, the three things. And light cav, halberdier and light cav. Um, how far how far do you get those upgrades? Um, and that's it. So for this civ. Well, you can get basically fully upgraded archers. You miss thumb ring and that's it. That's good enough. Uh, you get halberdier. That's great. You only get light cab. You don't get hussar or winged hussar. And you only get cavalier. So you could do knights in a pinch. You can do archers definitely. And of course you got your hand cannoneers. So I think that's where you're at. Yeah, I I, I do want this to be more unique. And I think this definitely fulfills that, right? Because... Um, for me, for me, it's always like I, every time there's a new expansion because it kind of seems like we're doing it what like every half year right now, um, and it'd be great if that continues. Like I, I'm, I've really enjoyed this one, um, but yeah, I think making it not just be another like standard cavalier or standard archer to have very unique units you can kind of implement, I think is a lot of fun. And so I, I think they do this very well. As for its you know success, it's all the stuff that I kind of mentioned. Seeing if a pro could take those things and. Uh, and make something that like has a specific plan. Right. I think, I think I see the semblance of strategies, you know what I mean? 
yeah. but like if, if there's you know if there's a pro that like really kind of figures it out that'd be really cool i think if i'm a pro i'm looking at and i'm not a pro so maybe this is why i'm not <laughs> uh but i'm i'm probably looking at fervor and trying well, to get no, my... that, that's yeah that's that's i think you know i'm looking at all these like crazy strategies <laughs> but it's just 15 percent worker bonus speed is it's the one the pros are gonna look at yeah because what makes <laughs> what makes vikings such an amazing sieve based on uh my red bull wololo watching experience is uh is the economy they can their eco boom is so great because they get that free wheelbarrow um and i think they get free handcart so Getting an equivalent, it's not free, but getting some faster eco like that, that's get you a step up on the on the opponent. And very like very much late game, that's gonna help too, right? Yeah. Like when just they, a fifteen percent bonus over your opponent. They spend every resource they have. If you ever watch a Hera game or, or anybody up there, um, Viper or somebody, they spend all of their resources. So the faster they get resources means the faster they're not limited by their by their mouse speed. They're limited by their worker speed. So that's where they're going to get some benefit and start to edge out somebody. Uh, the rest of us are not. We're limited by our hand speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll, I think we'll end our discussion here. Um, I hope, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, I want to hear if you are on the discord, you know, throw us some of your takes on the new Civ, the, the new Bohemian Civ. What, what do you think of new campaigns? Um, yeah, let us know. Uh, we're, we're definitely uh, there's a lot to talk about, so so let us know. Um, and just just I guess a final update is anyone is wanting to watch some Age of Empires, pro level Age of Empires. There's Empire Wars duos that are happening starting kind of when this releases, starting on the 21st um, and going on through the September 5th. So uh, there'll be uh, yeah, you can definitely follow along Twitch channel there. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's where we'll end it today. Uh, we're definitely enjoying Age of Empires 2 um, and their campaigns. And there's all the AOV4 hype coming out because people are getting into the um, the the alpha test uh, or the beta test. But um, yeah, I hope I hope you'll uh, stick around as we continue to uh, enjoy the games and talk about them. So I hope from from myself from Boxer here, uh, I hope all of you have a great two weeks and we'll uh, see you then bye bye